readers, writers, listeners, welcome. This is the Page Turners Podcast, and I am your host, Miranda, an avid reader, a published author, and a longtime listener of podcasts. This is the Page Turners Podcast, Season 2, Episode 9. As we round out yet another month, an inch closer to the end of 2023, I wanted to talk just a little bit here at the beginning about the sort of creative process behind these episodes, Um, because during today's discussion, you'll hear us talk about summer, because this was actually recorded back in July. So I record episodes sometimes weeks in advance, other times months in advance, Um, Then, once I've got kind of a good amount of interviews scheduled or completed, I kind of like to lay out what the season's going to look like and then dive on in. So while today's discussion did take place a few months ago, the relevancy of literacy's importance is timeless. So we'll chat about this, as well as how today's author found herself writing post-apocalyptic stories. So a warm welcome to today's guest, Robin Vandersis. All right. Well, thanks again for having me on here. I'm so excited about this. South Dakota. Um, So I have only lived in South Dakota for about seven years, um, but all three of my books are based in the Black Hills, uh, since that's where I live now. I live over in Spearfish. And um, I was such an avid reader as a kid. Um, I always excelled in writing and um, spelling tests, of course. You know, the more you read, the easier that stuff comes to you. And I was encouraged by a few teachers throughout my school years to write. And I just really, I was good at it, but I just really didn't have the desire to do so. And so um, just a few years ago, I decided to start checking things off my bucket list. And one of them was just to write a book. And I had no intention of it really going anywhere. I was kind of like, oh, I'll self-publish on Amazon, see how it goes, whatever. And I got picked up by a publisher. Um, It's been kind of a whirlwind ever since. But um, yeah, just for the heck of it, I submitted it to a publishing company and they're like, yeah, we want this. I'm like, really? Why? (laughs) But yeah, so that's kind of how I got started. And since then, I have very slowly written um, three books and I'm working on a fourth. And um, all of them are based in the Black Hills. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. I was just up in Spearfish for the 4th of July. I did the 4th of July parade up there and it was chilly fur. <laughs> Our weather has been awful. <laughs> yeah. The South Dakota weather this summer has been kind of all over the place. Um, the last time I was in Spearfish was for Mother's Day weekend. I actually installed a little free library in Spearfish and okay. dedicated it on Mother's Day. And that day too was like rainy and chilly. And yeah. so I need to come to Spearfish on a nice day. <laughs> it's today was gorgeous. You missed out. Well, and of <laughs> course I'm on the other side of the state. So exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, Robin, I want to know a little bit more about you as an author. So you kind of told us a little bit about your background, but I want to know, you know, exactly how you became an author. You said it was on your bucket list. But how do you go from here's something on my bucket list to I'm a full-fledged author working on my fourth book? Yeah, um, well, that's actually a really good question for me because it's mm-hmm. kind of a cool answer. Ooh. So um, I was in kind of a stage of reading a lot of post-apocalyptic books um, about EMPs, electromagnetic pulse, which is an actual um, weapon that can be used. It knocks out anything with a computer chip. 
They've been studying them for since the 50s and 60s. So I've read a lot of those style of books um, over the past 10 years. And I was following one of the authors in that genre. And he started kind of a series, a social media series for people that wanted to write. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, it kind of piqued my interest because I had been kind of thinking about tackling that on my bucket list. And I had tried to write a book a few years before I started my first one. And I just, I didn't get anywhere with it. I was going about it all wrong. I was researching, I was editing as I went. Mm. And this particular author who ended up becoming my first publisher had some great advice and it was don't overthink it. Just tell you have a story, just tell your story. And then when you go, then you can go back and you can edit and you can research and you can nitpick it to death if you need to, mm -hmm. but just tell the story. And I completely changed my mindset, took that advice and I wrote a book and it's like, oh, now I get what he's saying. And I did, I went back and I had to do a little bit of research and, you know, changed a few things, but I actually wrote a book. So that's the advice when I do different events and stuff that I tell aspiring authors, just tell it, you have a story, right? Yep. Okay. Just tell it. And you can worry about everything else later. Don't worry about publishing and how that's going to look and all of that. Just tell your story. If you, if you want to write, do it. It's I'm not some awesome author. I just, I'm a storyteller. So that's, I, I guess that's the difference. I love that piece of advice. And that was something growing up, I wanted to be an author. Like that's been something on my brain for years and years and years. And oh, about a year and a half, two years ago now, um, I, you know, I've always wanted to write a chapter book, but I, somebody had said something about writing a kid's book. And it mm -hmm. was kind of that realization too, of just do it. You know, you have a story to tell, so put it on paper and then go from there. Yes. Um, and that that's kind of a, an amazing realization and probably something that no matter who's listening, whether you're an author, or want to be one or not at all, no matter what it is, just do it, just try it yeah. and then go from, from there. It, yeah. It's a matter of, you know, we all have, Oh, someday, someday. Well, you can someday yeah. your life away. And, um, I just turned 50. And so that was sort of my my reason for starting to check things off the bucket list a few years ago, I wanted to go to Scotland. I did that. There was just several different interesting things that I'd always wanted to do. And I have almost all of them checked off the list, but awesome. If you, yeah. If you, well, learning Spanish is next. I'm like, Ooh, that's going to be a big luck. one, <laughs> but you know, it really is. It's, it does apply to any aspect of life. You just go after it. Like it's not going to come to you. You can't just sit on your butt and expect things to happen. You actually have to work for it. So, well, you know, this podcast is meant to, to talk about literacy and reading and its importance, but I think this episode is very much also motivation. <laughs> Absolutely. I, that is my favorite thing since becoming an author. Like I said, I just sort of fell into this. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a little, little backstory, if I can, just to kind of explain to how I got to where I'm at now. Definitely. So my, like I said, my first publisher, that was just a chance thing, just for the heck of it, I submitted it. It was actually the author that had the advice for me. He started a publishing company. I'm like, well, why not? Let's just see, you know, the worst thing that can happen is he can say no, and it's terrible. And <laughs> so he published it and then it came out in April 
of two years ago. I've lost track of time. <laughs> but in the meantime, another publisher read it. He like saw it kind of in the ratings in Amazon or whatever, and he read it and he liked it. And he said, I have this idea. Would you be interested in, in doing this? And basically what it was is he had an author that had an EMP event. So a post-apocalyptic event in the United States down in Florida. Well, his idea was to have other authors come in and write that about that same EMP event but what it would look like in different parts of the country. And he liked how I portrayed the Black Hills in my first book, 75 Miles. And um, at first I was like, no way. I can't write for somebody else and their ideas. And I'm like, oh. So I was like, let me just think about it. So I thought about it all summer. And by the end of the summer, I'm like, you know what? I, I kind of want to do this. <laughs> and so I wrote Black Hills Fall. And that was part of, it's called the October Fall World. Um, it's basically about this EMP event and we've got a Russian invasion and a Chinese invasion and just oh. what it looks like around. And now there's so many authors that have joined in on this that we have books coming out from around the world, all over the country. It really was a brilliant idea. And it was just really cool that I got to be a part of that because that's also boosted my sales for my other two books. Yeah. So yeah, it's just been a really interesting ride and just that Boyd came up with this idea to do this. Mm -hmm. And we've all had tremendous success with it because basically every time a new book comes out, all of us benefit because then somebody else is going to read all the, all the books in the mm -hmm. collection. So it's been super, super interesting and fun. I love that collaboration idea too of, yeah. of here's this idea. Now, what does it look like set here? What does it look yes. like set with this idea? That's, that's a really cool concept. I'm going to have to look into the, these books. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, because you're talking about this, this event happens, you know, how right at the end of October, mm -hmm. well, the first book that was written, it happened down in Florida. Well, if you think about Florida, they don't have to worry about the cold of winter, <laughs> well, right. up here, you know, and up here and, but it's very populated, right up here in the black Hills. We have to, we have to worry about winter and weather, mm. yep. And but here everyone's pretty much armed. And so, you know, it's just a different vibe for all these different parts of the country. There's like, one that takes place in California, one that takes place on Vashon Island, uh, right outside of Seattle. So everybody, you know, if you think about just how different our country is, how many story ideas can come out of that. So it's been a lot of fun. It's been fun to, for me to write, but also to read everyone else's work also. Definitely. So, yeah. I want to know a little bit more, if you don't mind, um, about your books, just kind of give us a little quick synopsis of the stories that you've written. Okay. So my first book, that was the bucket list thing. It's the main character is a 16 year old girl and, um, it does take place in black Hills, um, against her parents' wishes. She drives, they had, the family had moved at the beginning of the summer and against her parents' wishes, she sneaks off and drives across the black Hills by herself to go see her, to go break up with her boyfriend. Okay. And, um, which is hilarious because most of my readers are men are adult men and they loved it, but Huh. So she goes, yeah, she goes back to the town that she came from and to do this and an EMP event happens and her parents are kind of aware and had kind of talked about this stuff with her. And so she kind of figured out what it was. Um, she goes and finds an old neighbor of hers that she knows will take her in. And they decide together that she's going to take off on foot across the Black Hills because there's there's no running vehicles anymore unless they're, you know, pre-computerized. Um, you know, there's solar power, but there's no electricity anymore. Phones aren't working. So she's like, I have to get home. 
And her neighbor's like, you need to do this before the world gets really crazy. Mm -hmm. So she takes off and she has to survive by herself. And she starts as a, out as a normal teenage girl thinking about boys and all that. <laughs> and she ends up being very tough. And so, yeah. So, and then I wrote a sequel to that, just about her dad and his journey home and what the family had to go through, not knowing where she was. Um, yeah. So that's, that's been, that was kind of my baby. The first book is called 75 miles and that was my baby because that was my bucket list book. So, but yeah. And then since then I've written the sequel to that is 100 miles. And then I've written black Hills fall, which has been my most successful book. Um, and then I'm working on the sequel to that one, which is Ooh. black Hills fall to Deadwood down. So most of it happens in Deadwood, very action packed, um, clean, very clean. Mm -hmm. Um, so 75 miles, I actually had a, a sixth grade class in Sundance, Wyoming, read it together as a class. So it's clean, but it is full of action and a little bit of violence, but wow. which is, I try to keep them as realistic as possible, but without too many swear words or anything like that. So, yeah, I love that you give us a little hint of, of what's to come for the next book yeah. is I, so you talked a little bit about it, but I want to know a little bit more about where you draw your inspiration from are these books meant to be kind of a to teach people is it meant to just be something to kind of let your mind escape why why write these books why write this you know type of of book i'm i'm so intrigued yeah. it it you know it's there's a following for this stuff all over the world now um there's you know different types of post-apocalyptic you know you've got the alien stuff or the zombies or whatever I'm more of a I like more of a realistic feel mm -hmm. when it comes to movies and books and since EMPs actually are an actual real threat which every once in a while they'll pop up in the news again um I don't know I the first book I ever read sort of in this genre was called One Second After and there was a foreword by Newt Gingrich who everyone knows and he he his words were it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when and it freaked me out because the author of this book did such a good job of portraying everything that would happen if, if an EMP were detonated. Um, of course, there's varying opinions on how drastic it would be. It depends on how far out of the atmosphere it was, you know, it, how far from land and everybody has a different opinion on the severity of it. But it really started making me think. And back in that day when I read that book, so 10 or 12 years ago, whatever it was, um, I was driving school bus for a living. And every time I'd take the kids like to Omaha or to Lincoln, this is when we lived in Nebraska, I would be like, what would I do if that, if an EMP happened right now, how would I get these kids home? And so I just, I started putting myself in all these situations and I'm not like a prepper. I'm not a hardcore survivalist. I wish I was more um because I've met some and I'm like wow you guys would survive this. <laughs> um, I'm not quite that prepared but I'm fascinated by all of it so I that's kind of why I like to write about that so it's the what ifs yeah. and and everybody would have their own unique horrible situation if something like that did happen like how would you survive how would you stay warm over the winter how would you eat you know so I guess that's I guess that's why I enjoy it so much is the what ifs yeah, what a concept. I think that's something my dad would love. Um, yeah. Because growing up, uh, I can remember the name of one of the TV shows, but did you ever see, watch the show Jericho? Yes. Yeah, that was a great one. Yeah. Yes. It was like a place that. in Kansas. Yeah. Um, big, big fan of that show. And, and 
you brought up the school bus. And so I'm sure anybody who's seen that show knows the episode that I'm thinking of. But there was another one that my dad watched for a while and I didn't watch it with him as much, but it was that concept of they would place people in in an area that it was kind of this post-apocalyptic world. You know, you didn't have electricity, you didn't, they kind of would just take and place them and they kind of had to figure out life. And I cannot remember what it's called. Was it? The column, but. I think it was the colony. Was it a reality yeah. show? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Was, oh that my was god. Also a, that was a great one. Yeah. Yeah. Is that is that still on? I don't even know. I I don't think so. I don't think it made it through very many seasons, but I loved it. <laughs> I I remember watching both of those and you know one's reality TV one is of course, you know, not. But we watched both of those and those were pretty crazy and interesting to to think more about that concept of of what would you do? What would life be like if you didn't have access to certain things or the outside world or, or whatever. And who would you help? Who, who, like how many resources could you spare? And I mean, that's just things that you have to, every, it would be different for everyone. I mean, you know, if, if it's your kids or a stranger, I don't know. So I like the what if stuff a lot. And I, I try to do a lot of that in my books too, um, just to make people think a little bit, but it's almost like choose your own adventure. Those books, right? (laughs) Yeah, those were great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to kind of switch gears a little bit, because I I could keep talking about this. Like I said, I'm so intrigued um, because that's the concept of of post-apocalyptic. Wow, if I can speak post-apocalyptic, that it's it's like such a big concept that it's almost overwhelming, but in in such an interesting way. Um, But I, I have to move on from it or we'll just keep talking about it for the entire podcast. But I want to know, Robin, were you or are you an avid reader? Like, was that, you know, kind of a foundation of your life that maybe kind of played into you becoming an author yourself? Yeah, it's interesting because I used to read a ton. And then ever since I started writing, I just don't read as much as I used to. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when I'm done with this, the book I'm working on now, I'm going to take a break. Um, I just need to read again. I miss it so much, you know. And so, and I'll probably read a lot of PA books, just, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think maybe I haven't been reading them because I don't want to accidentally steal somebody's ideas. Um, but I miss just reading other people's art, you know, so I'll definitely get back to it once I get this book finished. I'm struggling. I'm just working so much right now at my job and just, you know, and it's so nice when it's nice out, you just want to be outside mm-hmm. and doing all your summer stuff. So isn't that I'll get it? it's all always balance always balance yeah Yeah. so what is your favorite book I I I gotta know what your favorite book is or or maybe are there a couple I'm I'm so interested to hear what you have to say I would say my favorite book is Huckleberry Finn I just love classics and I love adventure um Mm -hmm. I love books where there's a journey involved um and so usually like one of my favorite books I ever read, I happened to find at a dollar store like 15 years ago. And it was just, it was about a young man that like had to, I think his dad or his mom, I can't remember now, passed away and he couldn't, he had no money to get to her. And so he got on a pedal bike and just had this journey. And so I really like journey type stories, but I grew up on the Bobsy twins and, 
little house on the prairie. I'm dating myself here. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I would read anything I could get my hands on as a kid. I remember I'd get in trouble because my mom would be like, I told you to put that book down. <laughs> but I also yeah. know that it has, it is so important for kids to read because of number one, you learn punctuation and sentence structure and how to spell and mm -hmm. I believe like your even your speech is better the more you read. Um, it's such an important thing. And so I push books on my kids a lot. It's a and building everyone block. should. Yeah, yeah, it's a building block for your life. And and we're gonna talk more about that. We're gonna get more into, you know, the importance of reading. Um mm -hmm. But I, before we get to that, I wanted to ask one more question kind of in the same vein. So you said, you know, your mom would be like, oh, I'll put the book down. My mom did that to me every once in a while. I would actively pull books off the shelf when I had to clean my room or, you know, and I'd be like, but mom, I'm reading this chapter and it's so good. But <laughs> was there something in particular that like ignited your love for reading or did you just kind of... I don't know. Where did that come from? Where did your love for it come from? Well, I'm like 50 now, so I can't remember that far. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember, I remember my sister, my sister's two and a half years older than me, and she'd come home with books from the library. And I was just like thinking that was so cool. Um, and then, yeah, so just, and then I remember my, I went to a private school and it was kind of small. And so we had one copy of each of the Bobsy twins. So you'd be like waiting forever to get your hands <laughs> on whichever one you hadn't read yet. Um, just, I don't know. There's, there was something so cool and magical about a library and the smell of books. And it was, yeah, I, I was a rough and tumble rowdy kid, but boy, I like to read. And I would just sit in my room and read, but then I, the next thing you know, I'd be out, you know, riding horses and flopping around outside and floating <laughs> down the ditch and you know doing all that stuff too but I don't know I'm so glad that I did find a love for reading because I know a lot of people just don't mm -hmm. and and you try to encourage that with your kids and with you know other young people or whatever but some people just really catch it catch that spark for it and some people don't right it's we joke <clears throat> excuse me we joke in the Miss America world, if you will, that you kind of get bit by the pageant bug. And I think it's kind of the same thing with reading is some people really get bit by that bug and others for some reason get missed. Um, and so that's what I want to kind of move into next of how do we ensure that people find that love for reading and create that foundation that you and I have but so many people don't. How do we instill that love for reading within people and, and have them sustain that through their lives? I firmly believe it starts in elementary school. We have to have teachers that are encouraging kids to read what they want to read. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, you know, there's going to be class projects where everybody has to read the same book, but teachers that encourage kids to find what they like because nobody wants to, I personally don't like to read autobiographies, you know, I'm like, oh, that's boring, but give me an action book. And I will, I love that. And so I think that's super important for kids. This teacher, um, Amy Garut is her name from the Sundance. She teaches Sundance Wyoming sixth graders. She was like, you know, these kids are going to like this. This is close to home for them. They're going to recognize some of the stuff. And 16 years old isn't too far off from their age and they could relate mm -hmm. and I tell you what they were excited about it and I came and spoke to them and each kid had 
three, four, five questions. And I tell you what, I think I had 25 minutes, half an hour in the classroom. We went boom, boom, boom around the room, one question after another. And I think we got around that class three times and they just, the questions kept coming. And I was like, this is so cool to see these kids excited about a book, let alone my book. It was awesome. And I gave everybody a free copy of the sequel. And I mean, they were so excited about it. That is key is finding what a child actually wants to read and encouraging that. Definitely. The three main pillars of my initiative and, and why I started the Page Turners podcast are access, education, and representation. And I think that fits within that access piece that you have to provide books to kids and, and you have to, or to anybody really, and you have mm -hmm. to provide a wide array because everybody is different. And the things that excite you and ignite that love and sustain that through your life, those are going to be different for people. I love vampires and werewolves and magic. And, and those are things that, that I truly love, but I had friends growing up that that was not their cup of tea. You know, they right. wanted to read other things. And if we hadn't had, you know, access to all of these different genres and ideas and stories in our library, you know, maybe I wouldn't have found my passion for reading because I wouldn't have found that thing that really just ignited that within me. Um, so I, th I think that's so true that we just need to provide access and a wide array of access to to everyone. Well, for sure. And isn't it such an escape for you? You probably were just sucked into the story oh, yeah. in that magical <laughs> world, whatever it was that you were reading about. Yeah, that is that's what it's all about right there, for sure. Definitely. Well, give me one second. I gotta, I've been so like entranced in our conversation. I gotta look at my list of, of stuff <laughs> that I want to hit. Um, okay. Man, I don't, I mean, I think we pretty well hit everything that I had. Um, so we've been chatting now for almost half an hour, 20, 25 minutes. Is there anything in this conversation that you think we didn't talk about that we need to hit on either about you and, and your books or reading in general and, and how we, you know, focus on making sure that reading is a foundation for other people. Cause that's what I want people to get out of this podcast is mm -hmm. yes, they get to hear from super cool authors who are writing amazing books, but also get to hear from people with unique perspectives on why reading needs to be an integral piece of their life. For sure. Um, you know, Little side note, I guess, from that is I, my jam is encouraging people that want to write. Um, and of course, it all starts with reading. Um, but even in at that sixth grade class, I had one of the students ask me if we could talk and she wants to write. And she sent me, she emailed me a little bit of her story. And I meet adults all the time at all these events that I do that want to write. And I just, like I tell everyone, you can do it. If I can do it, anyone can. I'm not some superstar author. I'm just a normal person that just, you know, took the time to actually and did the work to write a book. But I think everybody that has the desire needs to push themselves a little bit and, and go for it because there's so many cool story ideas out there that I would just encourage everyone, just tell your story, write it down, write a book. I love that you encourage people. Um, representation is such a huge thing or a huge focus of mine because people need to, to see themselves, either physically see themselves within the pages of a book 
or or feel something within a book that connects them to it so that they tell their stories because there are I mean yes being a, a world-renowned best-selling author is is the dream of, of many a people and probably on so many people's bucket lists and maybe this will be the push for somebody to to check it off but there are so many stories to be told and so many people who who need and should tell their stories that never will or will never have something that pushes them to do that. So I appreciate that you've taken the time while we've been chatting to say that, you know, multiple times now, share your story, just try it, do it in, in whatever way you're saying it. I hope that this maybe is the motivation for someone, whether it's somebody that's got this on their bucket list or someone who feels like their story is missing and will be impactful to others. I just, the motivation piece, I feel motivated. I should go write a book, <laughs> another book. <laughs> well, I spoke at the women's prison in Lusk, a couple, Lusk, Wyoming, a couple of months ago, and there was a, a gal in there and all of her uh, cellmates were like, she is an amazing writer. She needs to write. Wow. And and I encouraged her to, I, and she, she go and she said, I have a story. And I said, and she goes, but I don't necessarily want to share it because everyone, they have no privacy. And I said, then write using somebody else's name, but you, I'm like, you have to do this. I'm like, you could get so much benefit out of this. And just, I don't know. I said, someday somebody's going to want to know every detail of your life. And so just do it. It's therapeutic, if nothing else, you know, so It'll be impactful to someone somewhere. and We hope, yeah, for sure. Yep. And just keep on reading, everybody. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us again for the Page Turners podcast. Make sure that you keep an eye out for the next episode. And until then, leave a review, share with a friend, and check us out on social media at, at Miss America SD to keep up with all things literacy and falling in love with reading. Catch you next time.